Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Episode 3 of the Believe in SMU Podcast with your co-host Brian McCann, the former SMU cornerback, former NFL cornerback uh, as well. And me, Stephen Peters, your run-of-the-mill generic sports writer guy. What's good, Brian? How you doing? I'm doing great after last night's game. Man, that's what I was saying, too. I will say my attention was halfway uh, divided last night, but what I was re- hearing, what I was watching, what I could watch, it was just amazing. Uh, I mean, minus the little hiccup to start the second half, everything just broke perfectly. I mean, they were on one. You could tell they were on a bye. They looked rejuvenated. It was it was the type of team that we were hoping to see, and I want to just throw it that way and take the floor, man. Go with it. Absolutely, man. It was um, kind of what we spoke about in the last episode. It was what I was hoping to see from SMU coming off of a bye week, given their opponent. They, you know, were firing offensively. They were playing very well defensively. Special teams was doing well. It was a it was a complete team effort, and they just look good, man. They look good. What'd you think? Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't say any better, especially that first half. I mean, Tanner Mordecai threw for 300 yards on his way to a career high 427. I think at uh, at that point he was 22 of 33, uh, which is a um, even 66. percent I mean, he just you. I don't know what else we could say about him. He's finally getting recognized to me a little bit more. He's now on the Manning Award Watch list. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I imagine it would take beating Houston and Cincinnati for him to even sniff being talked about as a Heisman candidate. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think we have gotten everything you could ask for in a transfer quarterback times a, a, about a thousand. Uh, I mean, yeah, we had success with Bouchelle the last couple of years, uh, but Mordecai, you know, he he stepped in and played okay while he was at Oklahoma. Uh, he was a three to four star recruit coming out of high school, if that matters to anybody out there listening, you know. And uh, he just he just didn't know. I mean, he was battling a true freshman, um, and even the guy who's been there for three years, and Derek Green. You know, he right. just you just didn't know, and you know, he just continues like he played a, the game that we had talked about last week as well. You know, that or a couple episodes ago as well. That tendency to hold the ball a little bit too long, it wasn't there. No, if they he, got to he him, was striking, he was yeah. striking, he was looked good, and even running. I, I saw him get out that pocket a little bit last night too, and he looked good moving. That's what the coaches have said about him all season long. And I don't know why uh, teams let him get out, but he's got a, a sneaky, quick ability to get out of the pocket and, and get down the field. Um, and then he's not going to, he's also not that quarterback that's going to try to bull over anybody either. So he's going to save himself and he'll get whatever yards he can and uh, keep the chains moving. I mean, he's, he's been playing phenomenal coming out of that bye week. I think the whole team just looked sharp, uh, even the defense um, and, and the majority of the, of the, of the, a game, um, especially up front. You know, they were getting pressure uh, and stuffing, you know, short runs, short fourth down conversions. Um, that front seven just, you know, everybody uh, just looked to be on one, really. They, they look good. And even as tough as I am on the secondary, I liked what I saw out of them last night. We had the, the first long pass I felt like was a busted coverage. And, you know, you never want to see a receiver behind the secondary. However, outside of that, I'll take the other 
contested. They were good catches. They were good throws. And, you know, it's just, you know, their guy made the better play at that particular time. But as far as those guys competing, being aggressive, being mm-hmm. assignment sound, being sharp, I thought everybody looked great. And it was very, very exciting and promising, you know, moving forward. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I've been ragging on a little bit of uh, Chahari Rogers being the, the four-star transfer from Florida. You know, I, that's, a, that's a lot of cachet behind your name. He was a two-way mm-hmm. stud here at Arlington. Um, I was surprised that he went to play DB. Uh, I, I thought he was better as a running quarterback, but, you know, maybe he just as an athlete. That's what he wanted to do. Right. And I was expecting a lot out of him from the jump. Um, now, granted, it could be, uh, you know, the system that he's in now, and it just taken a while to mesh, but he finally made a play. Um, and that's, and that's all I've been asking for. He, he, he came up and, and made a great tackle, uh, early on in the game to stuff out a, a, a two lane drive and get Absolutely. the ball back for his team. Yep. 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 And, and that's all you can ask for as a, as a defensive back is, is that support, you know, those quick outs, not being too soft on your coverage and coming up and making a play and not letting them get by you on a, you know, on a uh, Reggie Roberson type cut. Right. And that was the thing that I noticed early on, even in the first drive, their first two plays, Tulane's first two plays were pass plays. And I think the first one was broken up by a linebacker. I think the second one, the quarterback tucked it and tried to run because he literally had nowhere to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. They, you know, defensively, they weren't sitting back. They weren't being soft. They were up in those guys' faces. They were breaking on those routes real fast. And it was, like I said, it was just, it made me excited being a defensive guy to see the type of ball we were playing. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, as Jason Garrett liked, liked to say all the time, you know, all, all three phases, all three phases, all three phases. You know, you got, you got Massey back there. Brian Massey with, you know, 127, uh, kick return yards. Uh, two, the first two average, got him at an average of 50, or, yeah, an average of 50, so he had 100 after his first two. Teams are going to have to start kicking to him, uh, cause he, he's, he's looking dangerous back there with the ball. Absolutely. And it's a funny thing when you're on special teams, cause it feels like the better that the return team knows their returner is, the harder that they block and they believe in him more. It's not a, just a guy that's back there that's just going to let the ball go over his head or he's not a guy that's just going to come and, you know, kind of tiptoe into the holes. You see Massey, he hits it full tilt, full speed. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with him returning in that manner, his guys that are on the field would want to block that much harder for him because they know, you know, as he showed in Navy, all he needs is a crease and he'll be out of there. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. – I, I don't know what his, his uh, 40 time is, uh, but – and a lot of commentators will get trapped into the idea of Olympic or all world speed, but man, he's, he's got some, he's got some burners. Um, I'll, I'll I, say it's 40 times don't matter. He got game speed. That's what matters. <laughs> that's, that's, he that's got a fact. Game that's 100% man. That's, that's an absolute fact. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, we were texting last night. We were, we were hyped about what we were seeing and, and some of the good plays. You know, there were obviously some, some mistakes made, especially in that early third quarter. Um, they definitely did not come out of the second half ready to play like they did in the first half. It uh, looked like they were – and even Sonny Dyke said so. You know, it's kind of unfortunate that um, it took them to kind of get punched back in the mouth to get the, uh, everything back in gear because mm-hmm. if they don't have that tip, that, that tip ball on in the fourth down in the end zone, if you're looking at 31 to 19, 20. Yeah, it's, it's a completely different game. Absolutely, absolutely. Completely different game. Um, and I don't know that it was so much so um, the players weren't ready to have the same mindset, 
But when I'm watching the game, the coaches were calling a different game as well. The the play calls we saw at the beginning of that third quarter were not the same play calls we saw through the first and second quarter on both sides of the ball. Yeah, okay. All right. So as a former player, expand on that. Like what do you you're you're watching the game, obviously your lenses are a little bit different than mine. I'm watching more of like an analyst style. You're watching it more of a you know, ex player and like half ex player, half, you know, commentator now. So what are you seeing in the play well, call differential? Well, offensively, when we came out in that third quarter, we were just really trying to run the ball. We weren't, which isn't how we got that lead. We got the lead from passing the ball, from spreading them out, from getting that fast tempo on those guys. And when we came out in the third quarter, that's not what we saw. We saw them trying to hand the ball off a lot. And I can't remember if that was, if it was in the third quarter when they, when Tulane finally stopped SMU on that fourth down or whatever it was, but it felt like it was just one of those things where we weren't being as aggressive as we were to get the lead. It was kind of one of those things where we fell into the trap of calling the game not to lose as opposed to calling it to win it. Yeah, so it was a, in the third quarter, after they had scored, I mean, it 31 to 13, uh, SMU went four and out. They went two-yard run to Siggers, three-yard run to Siggers, a four-yard run to Siggers, and then a no-game to start, start four-yard gain in Mordecai, which made it fourth and one, and then Siggers gets stuck at the 39. That and then, double hit the ground, right? Yep. And then, yep. this, and then you know, six plays later, or five plays later, I should say, Tulane is down at the, at the one-yard line, and uh, it's luckily they got the tip and uh, pr- preserved the lead. And then I think that obviously rejuvenated the uh, – the, the offense because they went down in 11 plays um, in a pretty solid drive and, and score to extend it back to 38 to 13. Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, you talked about the offense and not calling the plays similarly to the to the first half that got you that lead. But what do you, what are you seeing on the defensive side though? You know, they they got that fourth down stuff too late as being they, and then the defense gives up a quick you know 30 yards to you know. Allowed to yeah, later. and I can't. I don't. I don't know if it what the play call was or what it was, but they had that long run. That was one where he bounced it back out that left side, wasn't it, to get them down there uh, close to the one yard line? Yeah. So uh, Tajay Spears had a seven yard run, gets down to the thirty two, and then Pratt with a twenty uh, eight yard run to get to the twenty four, and then there was a personal foul on Haley that cut the the that drive. Half so from the twenty-four to the twelve. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember. And then Spears ran incomplete pass, incomplete pass, incomplete pass. So um, you know, again, it's just they got lucky. I, it's how I how I feel. You know, it's it's just yeah. it's just the bottom line. They got lucky. Great. It was definitely a great play by Haley on that uh, on the fourth down back there in the in the end zone because I just knew. As soon as they started getting into the formation, when they got out of the um, field goal formation, I was like, oh, crap, here we go. Yeah. And, you know, to the defense's credit, they were all over it. Everybody, you know, knew where to go. It didn't seem like there was any hesitation. And that was another thing I saw with the defense. They were communicating well. They were communicating so well last night. Mm-hmm. We spoke about it on our previous episode. And just if you watch the tape, you can see the secondary. They're signaling to each other. You can see they're making sure that everybody's on the same page. And like I said, it, it definitely, um, it definitely showed. It definitely showed. Yeah, you know, in any sport, especially on defense, communication is highly important uh, at, at all the levels. You know, we we talked about it a little bit more in depthly, but last, you know, the front seven are going to talk a little bit more to each other, and then the back 
uh, back four or however many are, are in there are going to um, be talking amongst themselves because they have a you know, completely different type of assignment to handle and everything. They usually go one-on-one, maybe running zones. So you're going to, you might have some overlay with the linebackers, but you know, the communication, I think at all levels and being on the same page and, um, and, and knowing what to expect, because that was another thing Dykes talked about was uh, they were they were ready for the dribble um, kick after they scored that touchdown. Uh, they mm-hmm. didn't execute, but they were also right. ready for the uh, coming out of the field goal and going to uh, do a fourth down uh, trick play. Um, right, and they were ready for it, so they executed on that one. That's just you know, that that speaks volumes of the being mentally ready, being coached up, and communicating as well. Absolutely. I was just going to say that as well. I was critical of the, the play calling coming to the second half, but definitely want to applaud the aggressiveness offensively on the play calling. We went for, what, fourth down twice in that first drive, I think? Yep. And I'm not, I'm not sure how many times we went for fourth down on the day, but as a defense, when you're out there, you think you've done your job on third down, and for the offense to come right back on the field and then get it easily, that is very, you know, crushing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what what can we do here? And so definitely um, was a fan of how they were calling the game and what they were doing. Yeah, that's uh, me went uh, was two out of three on fourth down in the game, uh, and they stopped Tulane uh, four times out of their five attempts. So they went one for five, and even on third down, you know, Tulane was four of twelve, which is great. You know, holding them to thirty three percent or less, uh, or no, yeah, thirty three percent or less, and then. SVU converting on 50% of theirs. You know, it's just uh, all the things lined up. You know, there was no weird anomaly about how SMU was able to to get 55 points and, and, and get a win or whatever. None of that. It was they, they, they racked up 612 yards. They converted 50% of their third downs, um, 170 yards rushing, uh Lowered their penalties, which was, I think, a, a, a good thing. Only five for 61 and held the ball for 34 minutes. Everything that you can look at in a box score lined up. Absolutely. And I was excited to see Kristen Stokes out on the field. His, um, I saw him throw that, that pass down there towards the end zone, and his arm looked really strong. That was Man. exciting to see. Having watched Stone for two years at uh, Episcopal, or sorry, no, he went to yeah, uh, Episcopal, Par- yeah, Parish Episcopal in Dallas uh, mm-hmm. for two years, went back to back state championships and taps. You know, I had, I was I was geeked to see him. Uh, he has three more games left uh, in his redshirt season before that gets removed. Uh, that's right. you know, something that uh, the NCAA instituted a couple of, a few years ago, where a player can play four games and um, still can be considered a redshirt. So, uh, you know, he's got a live arm. I, I, Mordecai's playing great. Uh, you know, he's at 29 passing touchdowns. Um, only sacked once, and that was just because you know, held the ball one time a little bit too long, but every time else he did. I was, I was screaming at the TV, just throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> just get it out your hands, man. Yeah. Come on. I, I, he's, he's definitely got some uh, Brett Favre in him or, he, or Tony Romo. He wants to make it la- that play last as long as humanly possible before he has to throw it or take the sack. Uh, right. And that's a detriment. And, you know, better teams will, will make him pay, you know. And, you know, we'll talk about that next week. But, uh, you know, the next four of their last five are going to be road games. And there's a, there's a terrible stretch of games coming up uh, if you're looking at the SMU schedule. And that's. Uh, Houston, Memphis, uh, Cincinnati, and Tulsa, and uh, who's the other one? 
I'm blanking on the other one. There's a fifth one, but Central Florida. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Central Florida is. They're, they're, they're a weird team with Gus Malzahn. I think that's going to be a failed project, but we'll see. Um, but they're, they're, they're capable. Uh, Houston, we all, we've all seen so far. Um, definitely a good team. And of, of course, Cincinnati and, uh, uh, what they bring to the table as a number two ranked team in the nation. It's, it's going to be fun. Um, I'm, I'm excited about how they came out of the, of the open week and, and looked and, and put up 55 points and treated this team like a, an FCS school almost. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. What was that? But I'm sorry you were breaking up on me a little bit. Oh, no, you're good. It's for everybody on that. We're, we're on a phone call recording, uh, on my phone. So if you hear some weird dropout, that's because you know, cellular service is a wonderful thing. Uh, <laughs> kind of reset a little bit. Uh, this is the Believe in SMU podcast. Uh, I'm Stephen Peters. That's Brian McCann. You can find there us you on all your, uh, podcast platforms. That includes Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts. Castbox, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, anything that has a podcast feed built into it, you'll probably be able to find us. We're part of the Believe Podcast Network. Um, you'll also find our podcast loaded up to uh, the Rivals website that I uh, help manage and run. Um, every every episode gets put up there, so if you're a subscriber, we appreciate it. If you have any questions that you ever want to send in to Brian or myself, probably mostly Brian because he's got better knowledge than I do, that email address that we have just created right before this show is believeinsmu at gmail.com. I'm going to spell it out. It's B-L-E-A-V-I-N-S-M-U at gmail.com. So it's believe in SMU at gmail.com. Send your questions, send your concerns, uh, send your, your grandmama's recipe because we got Thanksgiving coming up and I want some candied yams to eat this, this year. Oh, well, y'all like to eat good. <laughs> we all like to eat good. All right, man. So you, uh, I reset real quick. You were saying something as we were, as I was dropping out. What was that? Uh, what was that thought? Um, the, the only thing that I really had on my mind was we talked a lot about this game and just being a, a defensive guy can't in the episode without speaking about that hit that we saw on uh Pratt mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the hey. the, the non targeting targeting yeah. Uh, hit. Yeah. By was it hey. was it Haley, right? Shane Haley. Uh no, it wasn't Haley. It was um was it forty I think his number was forty five. Man, I, I could have swore it was Haley, but you might be right. Uh let's see. I can't remember exactly um, what number it was. Let me see. I know. I know it was Don't talked about making up names. I know he's got a junior on his name. I believe. Okay, uh, that'll help. I have the uh, defensive. But it wasn't Roderick. No. No, oh, Jimmy Phillips. Is that a junior? I can't yeah. remember. Jimmy, it's number twenty-four. And there's I don't no. Think that was it either. So, I think his name is Gary something, Gary something Jr. I see a Gary Wiley. That might have been it. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. It was Wiley. I remember it being Haley. I remember it being an EY, but it was uh, Gary Wiley, defensive end number 55. He was the one who yep. was called for targeting. Uh, yep. That was reviewed yep. and wasn't. But yeah, continue your thought, man. Go ahead. It was just um, 
kind of along the theme of just t- trying to get the team ready, right? And mm-hmm. those guys having the mindset to go out there and play aggressively. As I said, always hate to see, you know, anybody get hurt in any capacity. But I definitely – I did like just the aggressiveness coming from him as a player. And the announcers were even talking about it. You know, as a defender, I can't assume you're going to slide. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the quarterbacks kind of have to do – a better job of protecting themselves, which I was surprised to hear the announcer say, you know, maybe even stay on your feet in that situation. Stay on your feet to protect yourself because sliding makes you vulnerable. You know, I um, I don't believe it was a call. I was glad to see that they did pick up that flag, although it was just a, a vicious hit. Uh, unfortunately, it's what comes with the game. Did you uh, did you think it should the flag should have stayed? No, no. Um, man, I – I, I, as somebody who, who enjoys defense a lot more than the offense, you know, watching it because, uh, I think there's a lot more nuance to it, be, um, based off of the fact that everything that gets done to change any game, whether it be ba- a football or basketball or whatever, it always tries to benefit the offense. Um, and like, you know, my favorite player when I was watching the Mavs in the early aughts, it was, uh, Josh Howard, because he played two ways. He was their best defender, and he was their 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 uh, spiritual leader in the first quarter. Same thing with football. Like I I enjoyed uh, watching Darren um, Woodson, and I enjoyed enjoyed watching George Teague uh, coming up and watching the Cowboys. So those are those are those are my players. I I feel for every time for the defense when a role change is made because it's going to make your job that much harder. Um, exactly. And while there are some that are of ill intent, it's very few. Most of the time, the targeting uh, penalties are straight up by accident. Um, right. You know, it, no it, bang, it happens, bang plays. Exactly. You you have a split second to react, and then you, you in that next split second, the player who's carrying the ball is making making sure that he's trying to defend himself as much as possible. So that might also be dropping the head into the path of where the defender is going. And, you know, it's just, it, it sucks. Uh, I, I'm i glad they picked it up because it was just a big hit. It wasn't vicious. There wasn't anything malicious about it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, that, that's football. It's a dangerous sport. Uh, it, it's high contact. And you get big bodies, you know, running at each other at 20 miles an hour with pads on and everything like that, trying to annihilate each other. You know, some, some things like that are going to, uh, to happen. And, Right. Um, but like you, I'm glad they uh, they picked it up and, and allowed him to keep playing. Right, right, right. And that was the other thing I was thinking. I was like, man, if this sticks, I mean, he's got to miss the first half of the of the next game and all of that stuff. Where, I, like you said, especially on something that's not malicious or it was a bang bang play or or whatever, I don't think it's fair that these guys have to miss so much of of games, you know, on a, a simple penalty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like. Last night's hit, you could tell it was there was just a guy making a football play. Like you remember last year when Gary, uh, no, uh, Andy Dalton did that slide in Washington and he got uh, decapitated. That was an ill intent, ill intent hit. Like that guy was going for his head. He knew he was. He was already uh, down on the ground. He was already down on the ground, and the guy didn't launch at him. And like that's that's something that you want to get rid of, and that's what they're trying to get rid of uh, in, the, in the name of player safety. Uh, which I'm all for, but I'm also I, I don't want to bastardize the sport either because it is meant to be a, a hard hitting sport. So it's a collision sport, absolutely. It is a collision sport, and sometimes you're gonna see a collision. Doesn't always mean that the laundry needs to come out. Yep, absolutely, man. All right, so I think we're about wrapped up with this episode. 
there's a just one more question I want to ask you. You know, we'll get into the nitty gritty of what we want to see at a SMU the next week. But knee jerk reaction, what are you what are you hoping to see more of or better of the next time out? Um, uh, defensively, more of the communication. Um, better, I guess, plays made from our secondary when you get those those fifty fifty balls or those one on one situations. See our guys start to make more of those plays as opposed to them going the other way. Um, keep up the aggressiveness. Still have that attention to detail with the run game. I think we let a few of them slip out there. Um, offensively, I think we need to keep doing what we're doing. We're spreading the ball around. Um, it's hard for any defense that's covering us to key in on a particular receiver or a tight end or a running back because you don't know who you're going to see or when you're going to see him. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely think we need to keep up with that. Work on finishing once we get inside that red zone offensively as well. We were down, you know, in that red zone too many times to not have some more points, and I know that's being greedy seeing as we scored 55. <laughs> but right. um, definitely still want to see that. And then special teams-wise, you know, let's continue to make plays and, um, you know, change the game. You know, special teams was really bringing good energy into the game from the opening kickoff, you know, all the way through. And so keep up that same intensity that attention to detail, if they are trying to hit us with fakes or whatever it may be. But um, just continue to grow and improve. You know, want to see them be, be better and still walk away with that um, undefeated record. Right. No, I, I hear you. Um, you know, I'm not going to echo the exact same thing. I'm just going to add to it that, you know, I want to see them play a full 60 minutes still. Uh, we haven't gotten that. You know, the early third quarter proved that they still haven't played a full 60 minutes. Um, but at least they were able to – uh, put away what they needed to put away uh, and and not make it much more um, butt-clenching as it, as it could have been. Um, all right, man, so with that, I think we're good. Um, any last thoughts you just want to throw out there? Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. As we said, as Stephen mentioned earlier, reach out to us. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, and um, we'd love to get some feedback. Absolutely. Yeah, that email address, again, if you want to reach out, is believe in SMU at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit us up on the SME Rivals Twitter page uh, at, at, at SME Rivals. Brian, what's your handle if people want to reach out to you that way if you're uh, interested? At BMAC929 on Twitter. That's B-M-A-C and the number's 929. And I am at I am Speeders. That is I-A-M-S-P-E-T-E-R-S. So you can find us on Twitter. You can find us via email. You can also find us on any of your podcasting platforms. And with that, guys, we'll talk to you next week as we try to gear up for Houston. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.